Alright, alright, okay, okay. What is up, everybody? It's LJ Talks Facts. Once again, I'm going to spend some facts like always, once again. So, hope you guys are still doing great here today. Hope you guys enjoy my uh, Carson Wentz and Fernando Tatis episode with Carson Wentz getting traded to the Annapolis Colts. And Fernando, Fernando Tatis signing a big extension with the Padres. It was a pretty fun episode to do. Now, let's talk some wrestling. Okay, this is my AEW Dynamite review. And we got SmackDown to talk about. On Saturday, and we'll talk about that then, especially with the Elimination Chamber coming up. We'll do predictions on Saturday as well. A lot more wrestling to talk about with AEW right here, SmackDown, the Elimination Chamber. It's going to be great. AEW Dynamite was awesome. And you can call me a mark all you want. This show was awesome. During the main event, I was caught, I was smiling. A smile just went right on my face. It just happened. I, I've just never really felt this way about wrestling like I have in so long. I'm being completely honest. And people could say whatever they want about AEW and say that it's shit and booking's bad. Please. This is not WCW 2.0. That was TNA. This is not WCW 2000. Like, really? What the fuck? Like, that's, you know, going a little too far right there when saying that. I'm just saying but whatever. This show was awesome. I don't care what anybody says. Call me a mark. Call me a fanboy. I don't care. Don't care. I'm here to tell you right now, I don't care. So here we go. So the show kicked off with a tag team match. Big Money Matt Hardy and Hangman Adam Page versus TH2 and Helico and Jack Evans. This match was decent. This match was decent. Let me just say, let me just say this real quick. I'm not a fan of Jack Evans. I know like some, you know, people like Jack Evans. I'm not a fan. I just, I just don't care for him. He's pretty sloppy in the ring. He did botch. He did botch in this match. I'm just like, uh, okay. He has botched quite a few times in AEW. So I'm not a fan of Jack Evans. And Helico I like. I feel like. I know a lot of people might get mad if I say, oh, they should break up TH2s. They are good as a tag team. They are, but Jack Evans does botch a lot. He's pretty sloppy in the ring. That's all I'm saying. His style, it's just, eh, it's whatever. You know, it's cool. He does flips and whatever, but he's just not that great, in my opinion. And Helico, though, he's a great technical wrestler. You get him on his own, he could be an underrated star. You know, he could be an underrated star in AEW. He could potentially be... World Championship material, you get him by himself. I'm just saying. I know it sounds kind of like a, a huge reach. That's a huge reach right there. And sure, you could say that it is. Okay, fine, that it is. But I feel like you get on Helico by himself. He could be a huge star in AEW. That's just how I feel. Maybe not World Championship material just yet, but you can get him in the TNT title conversation. You can start him off slow, obviously. You don't want to push him too quick. But that's what I would do. If I'm booking it, I make on Helico... A single star. That's what I would do. That's what I would do. But this match, like I said, was DC. You know, Matt Hardy felt like he looked good. He looked good in this match. Hangman was awesome, like always. You know, they've been building up Hangman pretty well, you know, these first couple years in AEW. You know, are we ever going to see him, like, on his own? It's like, because, you know, with Matt Hardy and, you know, the Dark Order in the rear view. We're not really much in the rear view, but... It's going to probably be a while until we ever see, like, Hangman really on his own. You know, with the Elite. He's not with the Elite. You know, 
We'll get to what happens with Matt Hardy. But like I said, this match was decent. Just Jack Evans almost ruined the match for me, to be honest, because just he's sloppy. He really is. I know I really don't criticize AEW as much, you know, but this match was sloppy in a way. Not, not, not the match, not the match. Just Jack Evans was sloppy. And he, he has had some good performances. I'm not knocking all of his performances. I'm just saying he has botched a lot. That's all I'm saying. That's just how I feel about Jack Evans. I just don't like him that much. I feel like Angelico could just be a huge star on his own. That's just my opinion. And hopefully I'm right if it happens. But Hangman really came in and saved the match, you know. Hitting a nice buckshot Larry on Jack Evans and Matt Hardy with a beautiful twist of fate on Helico. He sold that. That was a good sell. You know, that was a really good sell on Twist of Fate. That was something. This guy could sell. That's what I'm saying. You get him on his own, this guy could sell. He's a good technical wrestler. You got to get him on his own. I'm not trying to disrespect Jack Evans in any way, but I'm just saying and Helico could do so much better on his own. Hopefully it happens. But big money Matt Hardy and Hangman Adam Page, they get the win. Over TH2, like I said, decent match. Evans, you know, eh, eh, just saying. But then we know we saw Matt Hardy grab the mic, you know, saying give it up for Hangman Adam Page and saying he's going to make, you know, billions of dollars, but Matt Hardy's going to get 30% of, you know, I guess his cut or whatever. And then Hangman said, did you really check over that paper pretty well? Because I don't think you did. You know, Matt Hardy said it was sent over to the lawyer. And then here came the Jacksonville Jaguars mascot. So he came in with the papers. And Hangman gave it to Matt. And it was different papers. It wasn't a talent, you know, contract. Like a talent uh, manager contract, whatever it was. It was a match. Signed for Revolution. Hangman Adam Page versus Matt Hardy. Thank you, God. We are finally going to get this match. And the winner of this match, the winner of this match, actually, no, whoever loses this match, that's a better term to say, whoever loses this match has to pay 100% of the revenue to the winner of the quarter, of the first quarter of 2021. So I'm like, okay, that's interesting. All right, cool. I'm finally happy we're going to see this match. Hangman hey, and Page versus Matt Hardy at Revolution. It's called the Big Money Match. I'm ready for it. I'm like, let's go. It's about time. Here we go now. But then right after, right after you know, Hangman and Matt Hardy shake hands. The Jags mascot attacks Hangman, but it ain't no uh, ordinary person in there. It's Isaiah Cassidy, a private party. And then TH2 gets in the ring, and Matt Hardy said they paying like, it was like over $3,000 to kick Hangman's ass. That's exactly what they were doing. And then here came the Dark Order and Brody Lee Jr. was calling all of them out. And they, you know, fought off TH2 and Isaiah Cassidy and Matt Hardy. So we saw Hangman, you know, staring off with the Dark Order. You know, I feel like he's going to join. It's got to happen. What I, what I think is going to happen is Hangman's going to win at Revolution. Because Matt Hardy doesn't need to win at all. We know he's there to put talent over. He's not there. He's not there to win. Hangman's gonna win, and maybe Hangman finally joins the Dark Order. Maybe it finally happens at Revolution. I'm just hoping for it. I I, I want to see him join the Dark Order, even though I want to see him be by himself. I just wouldn't mind seeing him have a program with the Dark Order. It would be nice. 
I don't know, it'd be something new, but we'll see, though. So now we get to the next segment. We go backstage with the inner circle. Yeah, the inner circle backstage, and Alex Marvez was there, you know, interviewing them. And and this was really, this is what really surprised me right here, because usually the inner circle, usually the inner circle is like cracking jokes and they're having fun. They were dead serious in this promo. Santana Ortiz cut a really good promo, saying this is their first, you know, world tag team title match, and the reason why is because due to fear in the company. You know, so I was like, okay, all right. They cut a really good promo. And then MJF cut a promo on Guevara, saying like, oh, why would I record you when I had a cameraman, a camera crew in the locker room? And then Jericho, you know, usually he's been known for his goofiness in AEW recently. He was dead serious in this promo. He was pissed, told MJF to shut up numerous times. You know, and then he said Sammy Guevara is dead to him. And I was like... Oh my god, because usually we haven't seen like Jericho get serious, like in a while. And while usually the inner circle of recent have been, you know, more comedy and joking around being, you know, the goofy heels, they were dead serious. You know, Hager and Warlow, they didn't say anything, well they never really say anything, but it was a really good promo. It's like, wow. Like I said, the inner circle has usually been joking around, having, you know, good old time. They were just... Dead serious in this promo. That's what they were, and I liked. It. I liked the serious side of the inner circle. That's why I like. That's why I like to see right there. That was nice. And you know, they didn't. You know, and Jericho and they didn't mention like you know Jericho had no problem with Santana Ortiz. You know, beating the Young Bucks. If they beat the Young Bucks, he doesn't have a problem with it. It brings championships back into the inner circle. That's what he told him. Bring the championships back, or bring championships back into the inner circle. I'm like, okay, interesting. Really good promo. I enjoyed that. That was nice. But now we get to our next match. This match was great. In the AEW Women's Eliminator Tournament, Serena D, the NWA Women's Champion, versus the returning Riho. So we haven't seen Riho in about a year, it's been. I think the last time we saw her was when she lost to Nyla Rose on February 12th on Dynamite for the AEW Women's World Championship. So it's been a long time since, since we've seen Riho. And apparently she has been wrestling in Japan. So she hasn't, like, not been wrestling the last year. She has been wrestling in Japan. It's great to see her back because she is very talented. You know, for a girl, and she weighs 98 pounds, she is very talented. You know, she's got a small stature, but she is good. She is seriously good, and she's very over with the crowd. I love her. I think she's great. It's great to see her back. It's like, finally. Thank God. And we know Serena Deep. she actually has a legit leg injury. She had a brace on, so, so she's been dealing with a lingering injury, but she went on with the match. You know, this actually is real. It's not her selling injury. She does have a real injury, but she pulled through it. These two put on an amazing match. This may have been one of the best women matches in AEW, maybe even the best, because it was good. Everybody loved it. It was a great match. The crowd was into it. It was a good match. It seriously was, especially Serena Deeb, you know, basically like on basically on like on one leg, put on a great performance. She really did. Riho finally getting back in the ring on Dynamite. It was a good match. It seriously was. And, you know, congratulations to Rio, you know, coming back. It's about time, you know, when she put on a really good performance, she hasn't, you know, skipped a beat. She did really good. And I like Serena Deeb, you know, I've grown to like her a lot. She's 
very good in the ring. And these two put on a bond burner. They really did. It was it was fun. It was seriously, seriously, seriously fun. Just a great women's match. You know, it's been great. Like I said, 2021 is going to be the year where the AEW women's division skyrockets. Because, you know, you know, usually people have been criticizing the division. And rightfully so. Rightfully so. You know, when I say the division sucks, the way they've been booked, yes. But the talent, no. The talent doesn't suck at all. It's the way they've been booked, but now they're getting booked more seriously. That's what I feel right there. But we'll look at WWE for... I don't want to bring them up for a second. Well, I already did, so whatever. Look how they treated their women in the company for so long. As, like, sex symbols, divas. Look how they got treated. I'm just saying. Jesus Christ. You know, bad booking with AEW. Look past that right there. Look how we've looked past what WWE did. I'm just saying. You know, it's, it's fair. I'm just saying, bad booking, you know, I mean, come on. You know, when you have a live sex celebration on TV, when you're basically forced to do it, or you're going to get fired, that's pretty disgusting. Just saying. Only the OGs know that one. But back to this match right here. I, I, I really do go off topic. I catch myself doing it, because, you know, it's just... Just how I get, you know, when I start talking about, you know, wrestling in general, whatever wrestling company it is, I just get into it. Like, how I got to about, you know, with uh, TNA, when I was doing Monday Night Raw review about, you know, Jeff Hardy being booked better as a TNA world champion than ever as a WWE champion. But back to the match between Deeb and Rio, they put on a really good performance. It was a great technical match as well. They did some pretty cool... I, li- I like Deeb's uh, submission hold. You know, they- it was a lot of near falls in this match. It was like, you know, I was like, oh my god, this is getting exciting. But, um, Riho got a great roll-up on D. They're rolling each other up a couple times. And finally, Riho got her. One, two, three. Riho's moving on to the next round, the semifinals. And before the match, they did show, like, the matches in Japan. Who won and who moved on. So that was nice. That was a great win for Riho. A great win. We know on Monday there'll be more of the matches in Japan. And we know on the... Here on the American side, it'll be Tay Conti versus Nyla Rose and Britt Baker DMD versus Anna J. See, a lot of me wants Anna J to win, but also the more of me wants Britt Baker to win because Britt Baker has to win this tournament. She has to do it. I mean, I would love to see Riho and Akaro Shida just as much as anybody, but Britt Baker needs the championship. She needs it. She desperately needs it. She... Britt Baker is what can make this AEW Women's Division skyrocket. That's what will make it skyrocket with her winning the championship. That's what's got to happen. And hopefully she does beat Anna J. You know, Parma wants Anna J to win because, you know, she's part of the Dark Order. You know, it would be nice to see her win or, you know, you know how I feel. But Britt Baker needs this. She desperately needs it. Get it. Give her the title while you can. Give her the title while you can while people are still invested. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying right there. And after this match, but again, congratulations to Riho. And after this match, we did see a video package of Jade Cargill and Shaq, you know, in the gym, you know, and Cargill was shooting baskets and she was running. And Shaq even shot one too. They really are building up this match. You know, I'm still thinking this match isn't going to be good. But they are building it up, you know, not, not too bad to be honest. They really aren't. As for AEW, they're great with video packages. They seriously are. But 
We'll see how it turns out on March 3rd. It's almost coming. It's almost here. All right, so we come back from commercial. We got Orange Cassidy, freshly squeezed, versus Luther. And I thought to myself, why are we doing this match? I thought it was going to be a terrible match. I'm not even going to lie. I thought it was going to be bad. I really thought it was going to be a bad match. But to be honest, it wasn't that bad. It didn't go on for that long. It was like a couple-minute match. It was okay, to be honest. Like, Luther, this is probably the best he's looked in the ring on Dynamite, to be honest. Like, we know he's not that kind of wrestler. You know, wrestler's wrestler. He's a deathmatch wrestler. So, you know, it's hard for him to have, like, a regular match where he's not doing deathmatch shit. You know what I mean? But he put on, you know, it was a couple-minute match. It didn't really matter. It was great to see Orange Cassidy back in the ring. I haven't seen him wrestle one-on-one in a while. I don't know if they, I think the last time he wrestled one-on-one, wasn't it against MJF for the Diamond Ring? I believe it was. It's been a while since I've seen Cassidy one-on-one in the ring. But it was, a, it, was a, it was an all right match. You know, like I said, it was a couple minutes. Orange Cassidy, nice, beautiful orange punch on Luther, got the win. So I'm like, all right. I thought Miro was going to come out after the match and he was going to attack Cassidy. But I think they're going to build it up a little bit more. Because I believe they are going to wrestle a revolution. We are going to get Miro and Orange Cassidy, hopefully. And hopefully Miro destroys them. Even though I love OC, but Miro has to destroy them if that match happens. So like I said, it was whatever kind of match. It didn't really matter, but they got it out of the way quick. They didn't have it go on forever, like a 10-minute match. It was like a couple minutes. You know, Sir Pentacle tried to get involved, and Chuck Taylor took him out. So it was, it was whatever. So Orange Cassidy got the win, and that's it. But now next, this is something I've been waiting to talk about. All right, so they showed Darby Allen versus Joey Janela last week for the TNT Championship, and they put on a really good match, probably Joey Janela's best match of not only his AEW career, but his whole career, because, you know, we know he sucks, but whatever. And, you know, of course, they showed when Shivani was going to interview Sting, and, you know, and Team Taz... They took Darby Allen on a ride in the uh, the body bag, so that was that was something. So Team Taz comes out. It was only Hook, Taz, and the FTW World Champion Brian Cage, because you know Powerhouse Hobbs and Ricky Starks. They live down south, and you know it's been crazy what's happened down south with the snow, especially in Texas. It's crazy. Multiple people with power out. You know, it's the people down in the south. Dealing with this, my best wishes go out to you. Because it's crazy just seeing that. Seeing the snow in Texas. Like, I think Dustin Rhodes may have posted it. I was like, oh my god. Like, they really get snow down there? They got it bad. You know, there's a lot of people with power outages down there. My best wishes go out to them. Because it's crazy to even see that. It's like, oh my god. It, It was crazy to see that right there. It seriously was. But, you know, Taz, you know, cuts the promo, like, cuts a great promo, like, always. Um, you know, talking about what they did to Darby Allen, like, you know, we're Sting. Is Sting going to come out because Sting was going to call us out. But we're here. There's only three of us. And here comes Sting with the baseball bat, of course. Gets back. He gets in the ring. You know, Taz saying, oh, you know, the biggest mistake you ever made was coming in this ring. You need that bat. You need that bat for... You know, all these years, and Sting throws the bat down. And I was really surprised when he did this. Like, he took off the jacket, you know, Taz, like, 
Oh, you're going to be a badass. You're going to be a badass. And he throws Jack at Taz, and he goes after Brian Cage. I'm like, Sting's actually going after them. I thought they were going to wait till like, Revolution for Sting to even take a bump. I guess, I mean, there's been a lot of online comments about Sting, like how he just shows up and he leaves, and shows up and he leaves. But he used to do that in WCW. They used to show him up in the rafters for so long, and he never did anything. So this is not new. But St- I guess maybe Sting must have said, or maybe, I'm, I'm assuming Sting must have said, you know what, I'm going to go take a bump. I mean, I, I mean, I'm sure he probably had to. He's going after Brian Cage, and then, you know, then Hook grabbed the baseball bat, and he put it around Sting, and then Cage kicks him, kicks Sting right in the stomach. And I was really surprised they did this. Brian Cage powerbombs Sting. He powerbombs him. I'm like, oh my god. I mean, you could say, oh, but it's just, you know, on anybody else, it's like, it doesn't really matter. But this is a guy who's 61 years old taking a powerbomb. And Tony Schiavone said later on that he's fine. That's the first bump Sting has taken in, what, like six years? That was some bump right there. I think it shows that Sting is ready right here. Not to, you know, have a long run in AEW. I'm not saying that. I'm saying it looks like, you know, he's all there now, which it seems like. Cause he got back, he was getting back up before they, you know, cut off. But I was really surprised when he took that powerbomb. I couldn't believe it. Everybody was shocked. Everybody's like, whoa. Like, they really just did that. They really just had Sting take a bump. And a powerbomb from Brian Cage. That's crazy. I mean, it's good that Sting's okay because he was holding his... You know, he's holding on to the back of his head or holding on to his neck. I'm like, oh, don't tell me he's fucked up now. Don't tell me that. Please, no. But then, he, like I said, Shivani said on the, you know, post, on the post show that he's fine. So I'm like, oh, thank God. But Jesus. That was something. But a lot of props, a lot of props go out to Sting. He took that bump. That was something. He took a big bump right there. I'm like, wow. Okay, then. You know, I'm sure people are going to criticize Sting for taking that ball. Like, oh my God, why would he do that for? I'm sure Sting, Sting has to prove it too, you know. Sting has a lot of control. When you think about it. I'm not saying that in a bad way. I'm sure Sting has a lot of control on what he's going to do. He's very limited. But he did it right there. I know he's got spinal stenosis, but he did it. I'm sure, I, I don't think Tony Khan told him, oh, you got to take that bump or else. No, Sting, I'm sure, said, I'm going to take this bump. You know, you think you think someone told Sting to do it? No, Sting did it for himself right there. And I'm not saying that a bad way. I'm not saying that a bad way at all. It shows you how tough Sting still is. He took a mean powerbomb from one of the meanest son of a bitches in that company. And my and I tip my cap to Sting on that. I tip my cap to Sting on that. I really do. 61 years old and still taking a bump. That's amazing. That really is. And I don't mean like he's always oh, in it for himself. I'm not saying that is a bad thing. I didn't mean like that at all. Quite a poor choice of words. I'm saying is like, you know, I'm sure like he told Tony Khan, I want to take a bump. I'm sure Tony Khan didn't go up to him and say, oh, hey, Stinger, oh, we want you to do this. No, I'm sure Sting went up to him and he did it. I'm sure that he went up to him and said, I want to take this bump. You know what I mean? Because unlike the other guy, Tony Khan actually cares about his wrestlers. I'm just... I'm just saying. Oh, but no, Matt Hardy in that match with Sammy Guevara all out. Hey, hold on. They wanted to stop the match. Matt Hardy said, no, I'm going to go on. You're going to tell him no? 
you're going to tell Matt Hardy no, he's a living legend, a Hall of Famer. You're going to tell him no. Absolutely not. Oh, but, but he, should, he should have started the match anyway. But Matt Hardy told him no. He said, no, you're not stopping the match. <laughs> Just saying. Complain all you want, but whatever. That was some bump, though, that Sting took. I got to give him that. I got to give him that. That was some bump. I'm still in shock over it. I really am. And thank God that... Thank God. Thank God that he's okay. Because that was scary for a second. And all the memes going wild. Like, you know, it's Sting saying this isn't WCW. And there's pictures of him, like, in TNA where he has, like, his eyes. Like, he's all, like, shocked and everything in the ring. It was, it was something. But, no, nah, he was getting back up before they cut it off. So, it's good to know that he's okay. Because that was something, though. But, of course, people are going to criticize. But what is he doing that for? What is he doing that? Well, like I, said, like I said, I'm sure that he's the one that said he wanted to do it. Don't try to go blaming Tony Khan saying, Oh, yeah, Tony Khan told him to do it because he, he's a dictator. Like, no. Shut up. Please. Do yourself a favor. Don't embarrass yourself. Okay? So we come back, we come back, and before we get to the AEW World Tag Team title match between the Young Bucks and Santana and Ortiz, and oh, by the way, thank you to Ortiz, who actually retweeted and liked my picture yesterday, because I posted a picture of the, you know, the, the card right there of, you know, the Young Bucks versus Santana Ortiz, and a picture of Santana and Ortiz together, and I said, go bring those AEW World Tag Team titles back home, back home here to the Bronx. So Ortiz, he liked and he retweeted. So thank you, Ortiz, for doing that. That was very nice of you. Thank you very much. But before we get to that match, we go to a school where Kenny Omega's reading a book and good old JR, that's going to be on Botchamania for a while. JR saying the WWE champion Kenny Omega. We said it slow. He didn't say it like, he didn't say it slow like I just did. He said the WWE champion Kenny Omega. I was like, did, did JR really say that? I'm like, oh my god, he actually said that. He called Kenny Omega the WWE champion. Oh, JR. And I'm seeing a lot of people saying JR should retire. Yeah, I agree that he should. You know, he's getting older. You know, but here's the thing Vince McMahon, did he not say like WWF back in November? So mistakes happen. It just happens right there. You know, it is what it is. I feel bad for JR. And he went on Twitter and he said it was his bad. You know, live TV and half. So obviously if the show was, if it was edited, then that wouldn't have happened. But since it was live, you know, it happens. You know, stuff happens on live TV. Look at, look at Psycho Sid when he forgot his line when he was getting interviewed by JR back in the 90s. He's like, oh, can we start over? But it was live. So it just happens. You know, stuff happens on live TV. A lot of mistakes can happen. You know, Drew McIntyre. <laughs> Drew McIntyre Twitter, I think he posted himself like disappointed. Like that was pretty funny though too. That was all over the place. I'm like, oh my god, Jr. Jesus, I, f- I felt bad for him on that one. What it is was we go to a school though with Kenny Omega reading the Young Bucks book, and I mean this segment was actually pretty funny though. Alex Marvin is like just following Omega wherever he goes. And, you know, Kenny Omega, you know, reading the Unbucks book, and he was taking he was taking questions, you know, from the kids, and he started reading, and he was talking about the part of, you know, him and Chris Jericho when they wrestled at the, uh, you know, the Tokyo Dome, and, you know, how everything, like, skyrocketed, you know, from there, 
And that was basically to Kenny Omega. Like, took the credit for himself in that, you know, whatever chapter that was. I haven't read the Young Bucks book. I should actually read it, you know, even though the cover is very weird. Cause it looks like they're staring at each other's dicks. But I should read it, to be honest. I should get it and read it. You know, I, I do like wrestling books. You know, I have the Daniel Bryan book where, after, you know, um, where the, it has a picture of him with the WWE in the World Heavyweight title when he won at WrestleMania 30. I have that book and I've read it. It's a pretty good read. I haven't read the whole thing, but it's a pretty good read, though, to be honest. You know, so they have to Kenny, you know, he leaves, you know. And the kids are saying they want Kenny to stay. And Don Cow's like, oh, go play with Nakazawa. <laughs> and the kids start beating up Michael Nakazawa. This is pretty funny. It was. It was pretty funny. They start beating up on Nakazawa and saying they hate him. It's like, oh, my God. So that was, it was pretty funny, though. I thought it was funny. That was a nice, far, a nice funny, you know, um... You know, lighthearted kind of like you know segment right there. I thought it was cool. I thought I thought it was. You could say that it was, and that that's fine. But whatever. But now we get to the AEW World Tag Team Title match between the Young Bucks, Matt Jackson, Nick Jackson, versus Santana and Ortiz. And this is actually nice though. At ringside, we saw the Young Bucks' parents at ringside. The mother and the father were there, so that was really nice. The father actually did the uh, you know. The Elite song, like, not, not the current theme song for the Unbox, but like the Elite, you know, the, the Elite, the Elite, you know, that song. I actually like that song. It's pretty nice. So, yeah, their father actually did that song for them. So, that's really nice. Um, and this match, though, itself, it was awesome. You know, these two tag teams put on amazing tag team matches, like, at Full Gear two years ago. And the Texas Street Fight back in December 2019... That was crazy. Even though I didn't like Santana and Ortiz disrespecting Dallas Cowboys, you know, where they, uh, they spit on the helmets or they threw them away, whatever they did. You know, I didn't like that. But that's it's whatever, though. It's whatever. Uh, they're Bronx boys. I like them, you know. <laughs> so it's whatever. They're from around here, so I give them respect, of course. But these guys put on an amazing tag team match. They seriously did. You know, these two have such great chemistry. These two tag teams have such great chemistry. Inside the ring, and I was really pulling for Santana and Ortiz. I really wanted the win because they've been so entertaining since they've been in AEW. They've been putting on great match after great match, especially that street fight they had back in September against Best Friends was awesome. These guys have just been amazing. They seriously have. They have just been amazing. You know, like I said, and the inner circle actually got kicked out from ringside. This is wrong on the match because MJF was grabbing, I believe he was grabbing Nick Jackson and the referee Rick Knox saw him and he kicked out the whole inner circle. I mean, Hager, Wardlow, and Jericho didn't do anything, but you try to make it fair right there. You know, one guy's going to attack, you know, maybe the other guy's going to attack. So that was fair. That was actually pretty good. But these two tag teams put on a great match, especially... Oh, my God. When the Young Bucks did the Doomsday device, I believe on Santana they may have done it on, I believe. I was like, wow. You know, it reminded me a lot of the match between FTR and the Young Bucks. They had her full gear back in November of last year when they were doing, like, you know, old tag team finishers and everything. Like, that was that was something special. That's a match that will always be, you know, special to my heart right there. But these two tag teams, you know, they beat the shit out of each other. And with Santana Ortiz, when they did the street sweeper, I believe on Nick, it was like it was on Nick, it was on Nick Jackson. 
I lit my my heart like skipped a beat. And I thought this is it right here. One, two, Matt Jackson reaches over the referee and just is able to break up the pin. I was like, oh my god, they almost they almost had him. They almost had him. They almost did it. They almost did it. I knew right then and there, they ready to their finisher. There's nothing else they can really do. So, so close. Southern Santana Ortiz, they grab Matt Jackson, they throw him in. They uh, they throw him into the crowd, you know, like on the uh, the barricade right there, like the babyface side, they throw him there. I thought they were going to throw him into the pyramids, but no, they're not going to go that crazy. And then Ortiz, you know, he was showboy say the best, the best. He gets back in the ring, Nick Jackson rolls him up. One, two, three. And Ortiz looked shocked. I mean, I, I was like, oh, my God, they really retained. And I, I love the Young Bucks. I love the Young Bucks. But I was so upset for a second. I was like, oh, my God, they couldn't even give him the titles. And then here came the rest. The inner circle came out right away. The rest of them, MJF, Hager, Warlow, and Jericho, they were beaten up. The Young Bucks. And Jericho and MJF had their submission holds on each members of the Young Bucks. And they both tapped out. So I'm like, okay. And then here came, and we saw Kenny Omega with Don Callis and the Good Brothers backstage. Like, oh, should we go out there? And the Good Brothers, they basically just walk out to the ring. And everybody, and the inner circle leaves. And Jericho got in the face of the Unbucks' father. And he actually, and the Unbucks' father pushed him. And Jericho, he, he sold it right there. Like, he sold the push right there. And, of course, people are going to be like, oh, why would he sell for him for? Oh, my God, they dictate so much. Like, no, you're supposed it's just called selling right there. You know, it's something nice. Like, Jesus. And they were at Jericho and MJF. They are all yelling at the father. So that was, that was something, though. But I thought to myself, though, Santana Ortiz, time will come. I was, just, I, I, was just, I was just upset. I really wanted to see them win. I thought right then and there they had them. They had them right there. So here's my prediction for right now. This is an early revolution prediction. Because we now know it's the Young Bucks, Matt Jackson, Nick Jackson, the AEW World Tag Team Champions versus Chris Jericho and MJF for the AEW World Tag Team titles. Here's what I think is going to happen. I believe Jericho and MJF are going to win the AEW World Tag Team titles and maybe like at double or nothing, which is going to be in May. We'll get Santana Ortiz versus Jericho and MJF. Like they'll build up the storyline like where Santana Ortiz, they wind up leaving the inner circle. And we'll get Santana Ortiz versus Jericho and MJF for the AEW World Tag Team titles. And that's when Santana and Ortiz win. Maybe that'll happen. I, they, they have to win. They have to. It's like, they were so, so close. Because I thought maybe like the Young Bucks were going to go after the Good Brothers, the Impact Wrestling Tag Team titles for Revolution. But it looks like that'll be a different time. They want probably, Well, the Good Brothers just got into AEW. So they want to build it up a little bit more. I don't think they want to do it right away. Eventually, they'll, they'll wrestle each other. So close. So close right then and there but great match I was disappointed with the ending you know I was I'm not gonna you know I'm not gonna lie I was a little bit disappointed they were that close though they were that close oh man but we come back we come back from commercial and we saw Brandy Rhodes so Brandy Rhodes, you know, she was talking like how you know, but about a gender reveal, you know, couldn't do it with like you know friends and family, like, like a big gathering, of course, obviously. So you know, she said, 
let's make the announcement here on Dynamite. And Cody doesn't know because apparently he's got a big mouth. So Cody and Brandy come out. And congratulations, it's a girl. So Cody Rhodes and Brandy Rhodes are going to have a baby girl. So congratulations to both of them. This is a nice... This is a nice segment right here. It was really nice. It seriously was. You know, it was nice. You know, did Cody... Well, do I think Cody really knew? No, I don't think he knew. You know, so this was nice. It really was. It was a great, you know, wholehearted, you know, segment to see that they're going to have a baby girl together. We know Dusty's up in heaven right now looking down his baby boy. And he's proud. And and Dustin's going to be an uncle, which is really cool. This is nice. It's great to see Brandy. She looks great. And Cody, you can tell, very happy. Congratulations to both of them. So we saw Cody Rhodes going over to the commentary table. He did commentary for this match because here came FTR. Cash Wheeler and Dax Harwood versus the Seidel brothers. Matt Seidel and Mike Seidel. I never knew Matt Seidel had a brother. This is my first time getting to see him in action. You get to see Mike Seidel in action. So I'm like, okay. Never seen him before. Never heard of him before. Never knew Matt had a brother. Let's see how this turns out. So, you know, Cody was on commentary for the whole for the whole match. It was nice, you know, commentators congratulating him, which was beautiful. And this match itself was beautiful. It was a great performance. Like, Mike Seidel, he did botch later on in the match. He had, like, one move that he botched. So, that's, it's whatever. He, he put on, he put on a good performance, though. Matt Seidel, I absolutely love. I became a huge Matt Seidel fan when he beat Chris Jericho at Fatal 4-Way. Back in 2010, that was like that was the biggest win of his career when he was Evan Bourne. That that was the biggest win of his career. <laughs> like and even like Jr. said, he was like 10 years past like his uh, like he was 10 not that past 10 years ahead of his time. It really is. See, oh, I'm gonna get, I'm gonna get in, I'm gonna get into it. I'm gonna get into it. I better I better control myself a little bit. They really could have pushed Matt Seidel so much when he was Evan Bourne. After he beat Chris Jericho. After he beat Chris Jericho at Fatal 4-Way. I was really surprised that he won. And this is like when I started watching, you know, wrestling. You know, I, well, I first started watching wrestling in like December of 2009. So this is a few months in. We're almost a year in. Like we're half a year in. And just seeing that match and just seeing like, you know, Matt Seidel do these crazy moves. And I was like, oh my God. I was like starstruck. And it's just a shame they really never did anything with him. It really is. But what are you going to do? And JR's right. He's like, you know, he was ahead of his time. He really was. He really, really was. But him and his brother put on a, you know, a good match with FTR. You know, we didn't see Tully, obviously, because he's down south and he, you know, can't make it. So best we just go out to him, by the way. You know, but this was a really good match. FTR, you know, they... You know, they're my, they're my favorite tag team in AEW besides, you know, Santana Ortiz and the Young Bucks. You know, I'd say FTR, I would say they're number one. I would say they're number one. Santana Ortiz, number two, and Young Bucks, number three. I don't know who you put number four, number five. Probably Private Party goes number four. Who would I put number five? I can't put Top Flight because they just got started. Same with the Acclaimed. Actually, no, I could put, no, you know, I'll put one of them in there. I'll put the Acclaimed number five because they're absolutely entertaining. So that's my top five tag teams in AEW. FTR, um, Santana Ortiz, the Young Bucks, Private Party, and the Acclaimed. But this is a great tag team match, right? It was, really was. It was hard hitting, you know, it was great athleticism in this match. And oh my god, when Cat when um 
when Cash Real hit that fucking beautiful uppercut, I believe on Mike Seidel, that was vicious right there. And when they did their finishing move on Matt Seidel, one, two, three, FTR, top guys out, FTR gets the win. So that was a good match right there. It was good. It was a good match, you know. FTR, you know, with their style of wrestling, you know, they're facing a lot of guys that have a lot of, you know, different style of wrestling. Like, you know, FTR is more like old school and, you know, they don't do flips. They don't do crazy shit, you know. But they make, they make it work. They make it work. You got to give them that. They make it work, though. This was a good match, and I enjoyed it. It was one of the best matches of the night. It's, it's going to be an underrated match. It's, it's really, I feel like it could be, it seriously could be like an underrated match in AEW. It really was. It seriously was. And I really liked it. It really was. It was great. Alright. And then after the match, we actually saw like a, a video of Luchasaurus. Like, without the mask. Like, well, you couldn't see him, obviously. It was, you know, dark. You know, like, he didn't have... He had, like, his mask right there that he used to have. He had, like, on a table. And the lights were out. He comes back in. Jesus Christ. The lights go back on. And Jurassic Express in the ring. And, you know, Luke Stars has a new mask. And they go after FTR. Thank God Marco didn't attack them at all. He was just being annoying. You know, and they took out FTR. And the crowd was chanting Luchasaurus, Luchasaurus. And... You know, the crowd, you know, saying the Jungle Boys theme song, you know, Tarzan. So that was nice. It was good. It was nice right there to see. But now let's look for, let's look to next week before we talk about the main event. So we go into next week right here. What's on tap? All right. Just give me one second. Here we go. Alright, so we know on Monday, it's going to be Nyla Rose versus Tay Conti for the AW Women, in the AEW Women's Eliminator Tournament. Same with Britt Baker, DMD versus Anna Jay, and the other matches in Japan as well, so that'll be on Monday. So the winner, the winners of the, you know, the Britt Baker, Anna Jay, Tay Conti, Nyla Rose match, they'll face each other on Dynamite. So I believe it'll be Britt Baker versus Tay Conti. I believe Tay Conti's going to beat Nyla Rose, because like I said, Britt Baker can't lose in this tournament. She's not going to. She's coming up beating Thunder Rose at Beach Break. She's not going to lose. And I don't think, you know, Britt Baker versus Nyla Rose would work. It's not because both of them are heels. I just don't think the match would work. I could see Tay Conti, like, getting a huge upset win over Nyla Rose. And we get Britt Baker versus Tay Conti. They could put on a pretty good match. You know, Tay Conti's improved a lot. Especially Britt Baker, how much she's improved in the ring. So hopefully we'll see that. And, you know, also next we've got Hangman Adam Page versus Isaiah Cassidy. You know, one half of Private Party. We got Jake Hager versus Brandon Cutler because Brandon Cutler came out trying to save the Young Bucks and Jake Hager took him out. I'm like, it's is it's kind of gonna it's gonna have like Orange Cassidy Luther feels to it where it's not gonna be like a long match. Hopefully Hager just squashes this little Mark and Brandon Cutler and we can all be happy. Thank God. <laughs> Give it a chance. We also got the FTW World Champion Brian Cage and Ricky Starks versus Brian Pillman Jr. And Griff Garrison of uh, Varsity Blondes. I'm like, okay. Interesting. Well, obviously, Cage and Stark's got to look good going Revolution. So, it's good to be teaming up. So, I'm like, all right, cool. And also, from March 3rd, we're going to get Jurassic Express. The whole Jurassic Express. Marco Stunt, 
Luchasaurus, and Jungle Boy Jack Perry versus Dax Harwood, Cash Wheeler, and Tully Blanchard. So Tully Blanchard's actually going to be in the ring. 67 years old. This is a big risk. Is he actually going to... He's really going to wrestle. Okay, I mean, we know he's going to be limited. He's not going to be doing crazy shit, obviously. He's going to be very limited. But all right, we'll, we'll see how it turns out. Interesting, so March 3rd. March 3rd is going to be a wacky night. It really is. I'm sure we're going to have, like, you know, the finals, the AEW uh, Women's Eliminator Tournament. We're also going to have FTR, whole FTR versus the whole Jurassic Express. And Shaq and Jay Cargo versus Cody Red Velvet in the main event. It's going to be a wacky episode. It seriously is. It's going to be crazy. But next week, I'm sure there's going to be more matches, you know, announced. You know, I'm sure there definitely is. Because only, you know, one, two, three, four. So there'll probably be, like, two more matches added right there. Like, what's going to be the main event? Obviously, the four matches that are, you know, on the card. You know, those matches aren't going to be the main event. So obviously, we'll see, like, what they'll announce for the main event. So we'll see. But now we get to our main event of the evening. John Moxley, Lance Archer, and Ray Phoenix versus Eddie Kingston and the Butcher and the Blade. We saw promos from Eddie Kingston and John Moxley before Eddie Kingston, you know, said, the only way to defeat you, I can't defeat you, you know, by drinking, taking pills, or women I can't forget about you, the only demon that I can't forget, I gotta beat you, I gotta, you know, put you away. You know, Moxley, when he cut his promo, saying that he still cares for Eddie Kingston. He's the only person in AEW that cares about Eddie Kingston. So I'm like, that was a a pretty good promo right there. So I'm like, all right. It was a good promo from both those guys. It really was. You know, you can feel, you can just feel it right there. These two, they're not done yet. But eventually, I think they will be allies in the future. Maybe not... Like, maybe later on this year, we could say. They'll probably be allies. Hopefully. It would be nice. But this, maybe, maybe like, Moxley turns heel, and that's where he becomes allies with Kingston. But this six-man tag, this match was crazy. What I loved about it, though, was when the babyfaces came out, you know, when Archer, Phoenix, and Mox all came out. They all stood together. They all waited for each other. Like, you know... Like, the way that Moxley, like, enters, like, you know, kind of like, it looks like, it was like, like the parking lot around there. Is that what it, like, I guess you could say it is? Like, that ramp kind of over there? Not like when he comes out, like, the doorway, you know. They all stood together. Like, they waved for each other. They all didn't get in the ring right away. They just waited. I love Ray Phoenix's new mask, by the way. That was really nice. And this match was great. It was a great main event. You know, six-man tag. We knew it was going to deliver. You know, Eddie Kingston requested this match from Tony Khan. And these guys delivered. These guys delivered a great freaking match. They seriously did. You know, Butcher and the Blade, they look good. I've always liked the Butcher and the Blade. Actually, I can't say I've always liked them. I've, you know, they've grown on me. I could say since, like, maybe, like, mid-last year when they had the match with the Young Bucks. You know, they're like, what was it, the False Kind Anywhere match? That match was really good. That's why I started to like them a lot more. Um, you know, I love Eddie Kingston, obviously. His promo is from Yonkers, you know. Gotta love that guy, obviously. How could you not love him? <laughs> he's from my neck of the woods. So I gotta show him respect, obviously. And Moxley, you know, he's getting ready for his match against Kento on February 26th. So obviously, most likely, he won't be on Dynamite. Well, I think Dynamite's gonna be taped next week. So maybe we will see him. 
Yeah, most likely will. Yeah, because it's gonna be. It's most likely gonna be taped. Because March third is gonna be live. So I'm sure next week's show is taped. If they haven't done it already. Um. You know, Lance Archer. He's a great big man. He's been great ever since he, he's entered AEW. He's not buried. Everybody always says that he's buried, but he's not. They just love to just say it because you know, I guess they're jollies. Right there. Ray Phoenix. <laughs> guy's a maniac in the ring. And this match itself was just great. It really was. You know, there wasn't any interference in this match. We didn't see the bunny get involved. We didn't see Jake the Snake get involved. And he actually had a shirt that's saying that snakes eat bunnies. So that was pretty cool right there. Just my God, though. Ray Phoenix is crazy. This guy is insane. When he got the hot tag from Archer, he went off like always i'm like oh my god like the, but he didn't really he really didn't do like crazy crazy stuff where he's like he's gonna do a like a suicide dive on you or tope suicide and you're gonna land over the barricade with him like at least he didn't do that because that's just gotta stop because he's gonna wind up hurting himself really bad you know when i forgot to announce i forgot to announce real quick for revolution they announced a six-man ladder match face a revolution and whoever wins Whoever wins gets a TNT Championship match in the future. And already in that match is Cody Rhodes, Scorpio Sky, we haven't seen him in a while, and Pentel Cerro Miedo. So there'll be three more spots to be filled. These are the three spots I feel like need to be filled. Even though I don't like this guy, I'd say Joey Janela. I put him in there because it's his style. It's a ladder match. He can go hardcore. So Joey Janela... I would put Ray Phoenix, obviously, and I would put Pac. And who would I have win? I would have Pac win. Give me Pac. Give me Pac versus Darby Allin for the TNT Championship. And give that man Pac the TNT title. He, oh, my God. That would be, that would be beautiful. That would be beautiful. It has to be done. But back to six-man tags. I forgot to bring that up real quick because I've been going like super speed mode right here. But this match itself... It was just great. Ray Phoenix just going off like always. I'm like, oh my goodness. This guy has like so much energy in the ring. It's just amazing. He he just really is amazing. Especially like here towards the end, we had Moxie and Kingston go face to face. They were staring at each other before they got their respective tags. And they, you know, were in each other, they were in each other's faces and they started just beating the hell out of each other. They beat the hell out of each other, especially Moxley. Putting Kingston in the submission hole that made, you know, Kingston said, I quit, but except, you know, if it was barbed wire on it. This time they didn't. So Kingston was able to get out of it. And then Kingston actually, like, did his finish, like, on Mox. Like, you know, he did, like, that backwards, like, um, like where he turns. And, like, it's almost, it's kind of like a Judas effect almost, you know, it's, except, like, he's not, like, charged now. Like, you know, you're turned and he's, like, it's like a slap. You know what I mean? It's like, you're not getting hit by the elbow, you're getting hit by the hand. But Moxie got back up from it, you know. We know we saw Lance Archer, Butch, and the Blade, and Ray Phoenix were gone. So it was all Moxley and Kingston. And then Moxley, paradigm shift. One, two, three. Mox, Archer, and Phoenix get the win. And you think the night's over? Oh, no, it's not. Because here come the good bros. The Impact Wrestling Tag Team Champions, Carl Anderson, Doc Gowles, attack John Moxley. And they were holding him, holding him down. Here comes the AEW World Champion, Kenny Omega. And let me just say this right here. I've never really liked Kenny Omega when he talks. I never really liked when he when he has talked. But recently he's gotten 
You know, especially when he's, you know, even though, like, the whole golfing thing was goofy and the, and the school obviously was goofy as well, but this is what I love. He cut a really good promo. This sounded like the cleaner. This sounded like the cleaner Kenny Omega in this promo. You know, he's saying, like, he, he got his Valentine's Day gift, you know, late Valentine's Day gift from Tony Khan for a rematch sign for Revolution on March 7th between Kenny Omega and John Moxley. For the AEW World Heavyweight Championship. You know, Kenny's saying, like, you know, whatever I do, you just keep coming back. You just keep coming back. Do I have to put you in the ground? Is that what I have to do? We have a wrestling match. You keep coming back. You know, is that what I have to do? Is, you know, put you in the ground? Is that what I have to do? So, so be it. At Revolution March 7th for the AEW World Championship, Kenny Omega versus John Moxley in an exploding barbed wired death match. What the hell? Oh my god. An exploding barbed wired death match. Holy cow. Like seriously, what the hell? When I see this, this match, this match might be this match right here might be more violent than their match that they had at full gear two years ago. And that match was Violent as hell. This one's going to take the cake right here. It's going to. Holy cow. This is going to feel like. <sighs> this match is going to be insane. This is going to be crazy. And the funny thing is. Mox won the world title at Revolution last year. So he's kind of got an advantage going into Revolution. Because that's where he won the world title last year. So it's kind of almost on his side. And he's beating Kenny Omega on pay-per-view. So, pay-per-view, you know, facing Kenny on pay-per-view is on his side as well. But these two are going to beat the hell out of each other. Oh, my God. This this might be the most violent match in AEW. I don't know what's going to top this. I have no idea what's going to top it. I don't know how they're going to do this match, but it's going to be crazy. Holy cow. It's going to be absolutely insane. And I can't wait for it. Next week, I can't wait for Dynamite next week. See, I'm, I'm, I'm so happy to talk about AEW. I don't care if people criticize it. I don't care. I love AEW. Call me a Mark fanboy, whatever. Whatever. I don't care. I love good wrestling. I love this type of wrestling. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. This is great. I'm so ready for this match of Revolution. We got. Two more dynamites before Revolution. <sighs> this is gonna be good. We know, and Kenny was getting in Mox's face and Mox headbutted him, and you can see like Kenny had a cut on his head from it, and then he dropped him with two uh, V triggers, and you can see right when before the show cut off, he had the cut on his head. So that was something right there. Oh man, this is gonna be good. This is going to be good. I can't wait. I, I can't wait. But alright guys, I hope you guys enjoy this episode right here. I'm almost out of time. We got like five minutes to go. Almost out of time. But I hope you guys enjoy this episode right here. I will talk to you guys on Saturday with my WWE Friday Night Smackdown Review slash WWE Elimination Chamber predictions. Have a great night guys. Talk to you on Saturday.